Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, this is awful. Why did Grandma have to die? Why didn't God save her when we prayed? Does he even listen to us? Child, settle down. I'm upset she's gone, too. But let's sit and talk this out a bit, okay? I'll try, Grandpa. Do you remember reading in Genesis chapter 1 about how God described the world after he finished making everything? What did he say about his creation? Well, he said that it was all very good. But Grandma dying isn't very good, is it? No, not even a little bit. But do you remember what happened in Genesis chapter 3 with Eve and the serpent? Do you mean where he tricked her into disobeying God? Yeah, that was bad enough. But Adam was right there with her. And even though he knew better, he didn't stop Eve. And even joined her in breaking the one and only commandment that God had given him. I don't get it. What do you mean that just because those who sinned, Grandma had to die? I know it sounds kind of harsh. But actually, yes. You see, in God's very good universe, Adam and Eve were designed to live forever. But once they sinned, they immediately died spiritually. And later, in chapter 3, God pronounced his curse on the universe as punishment, which affected everything and everybody ever since that day. Sadly for both of us, that includes Grandma. But Grandpa, Jesus healed a bunch of people like Lazarus. Why didn't he heal Grandma? You're right that Jesus healed a lot of folks. But even all of them eventually died. You and I are going to die someday, too, if Jesus doesn't come back first. I know it doesn't seem fair, and we're all real sad about Grandma's passing. But look at what Job said in chapter 2, verse 10. Should we accept only good from God and not adversity? But do you know what really helps me? It's remembering what Jesus promised his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 2. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? You know, I'm sad now. But if I'm honest, I'll admit that it's selfish because I wanted her to stay with me. But if I trust in Jesus, then I can rejoice because she's no longer in pain and is happier than we can even imagine because she's with him now. And if you're truly repentant of your sin and trusting in Jesus, then you'll surely see her again. And that's a fact. You could hear that kind of thing in our skit with the little boy saying, why did grandma have to die? One of the problems we have today is that, sadly, our churches, our pastors, and some of our seminarians don't have good answers. And Carl, you wanted to talk to that point. Well, most people have heard of Billy Graham, but most people today have forgotten another name of another evangelist who was probably more successful, if you will, than Billy Graham was, and that's John Templeton. They were contemporaries. They both held the big convocations, and thousands of people would come to Christ. A Billy Graham rally where 10,000 might do it at John Templeton's rally. But why don't we hear of John Templeton after that? Well, it's because he was faced with a question. Well, why would a loving God allow so-and-so to die? Why would a loving God allow, allow World War II to happen? Why would a loving God allow death and suffering, disease, and so forth? And he did not have the answer. He and Billy Graham went to, an ex- I think, the same seminary and both heard essentially compromised teaching about the age of the earth. They were taught that the earth was eons old, not 
not uh, uh, according to what the Bible says at all. Billy got past that and was able to still hold, cling on to Jesus. John couldn't. He found that he he uh, walked away from the church. In fact, he wrote a book saying uh, farewell to God. So this is because he couldn't answer the question. Like Grandpa said here, we know that the earth was created very good. But John was taught that the earth was millions or perhaps billions of years old before Adam even was was created. And so Adam, uh, you know, God said that after Adam was created, the world was very good. Yet there was millions and billions of years of death and suffering before Adam came along. So that disconnect finally caught up with John Templeton and he couldn't reconcile it. Those in the clergy are in that same boat today. We, and if the society can't come to us, can't come to our clergy, can't come to our pastors, our churches for better answers than that, then we fail to relate the gospel, what Christ did, and the truth of the Bible. So when we say that it doesn't matter how old the earth is, then we are deceiving ourselves because atheists will look at that right away and see the disconnect between the clear passages of Genesis and the millions and billions of years that are hypothesized or even just dreamed about by the evolutionists. So when we don't have a clear answer from the Bible, if we don't accept the Bible's word as truth from the very first verse, then we don't have the answers to the really tough question. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzdell. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Terry, you had some thoughts in terms of your own experience with death. Like everyone that is as old as me, this is something that I have had to deal with. I have lost my grandparents, most of my aunts and uncles, and my father. This has caused me to be really reflective and think about what's really important in life. What do I really want to do with life that God has given me? The Bible has the greatest message that there is. We can be forgiven of all of our sins and be with God for all eternity. But sadly, people are being taught by this society that they cannot believe the Bible. So I cannot think of any greater mission than to teach people, starting with our own family members, what the message of the Bible is and that they can believe the Bible. That is why I am with each of you now doing this program. Let's get back to, to base causes. If you believe the Bible then the death and suffering is a result of the curse, our original sin. People focus upon, well, God got at us and he kicked us out of Eden. What we did with that sin was we said, God, we want to be in control. We don't need you. And God basically said, okay, give it a shot without me. We asked for control and got it. When we took control, who did we turn it over to? Satan. We turn it over to Satan. And if Satan is in control of this world, if our lusts and greeds are in control of this world, how can we be surprised when bad things happen on a fairly regular basis? Now, there's a great dichotomy, a great difference between what the Bible teaches and what evolutionary processes teach. Evolution teaches death is good and natural, that it pushes forward species through natural selection to upward mobility. The only problem with that is that's never been observed. That's philosophy. That's not science. The Bible teaches that death is unnatural, and we have that feeling in our bones. 
when someone dies. This shouldn't happen. This is sad. This is terrible. The Bible tells us that death will be the last enemy to be defeated when Jesus returns. That he will have a return to what he set up in the first place, which was an existence which is very good with no death. And as you were pointing out, Carl, when we have seminarians and other people that compromise with society and evolutionary teaching for no good scientific reason and start saying there was millions and billions of years of death before Adam and Eve, they do violence to not only belief in the authority of the Bible, they do violence to the gospel itself. If there was death before Adam, there was no reason for Christ to come back to cure our sin condition. Amen. Any other thoughts, guys, before we move forward with this? I will close with this one. This is not the world God created for us, nor the one he intended. It is the reality we chose. The hope that Terry talked about earlier is when people say why, we can point up that we sinned. We can point up that Satan is in control. We can point up that bad things happen. But what we need to focus upon with them is the answer God has given us to have a better, perfect existence in the end. We can't control everything that goes on on this planet but we can have hope for a perfect future. For more information, information for creation events in our area or on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.